Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Welcome back, everybody, to another mini episode of For the Love of Money episodes that I like to call My Two Cents. And today, I'm going to tell you a really cool story about a Ferrari, a landscaper, and a scratch. You're going to freaking love the story. But first, I have to tell you something even cooler, and that is my wife's book, A Tribe Called Bliss by Lori Harder, is finally freaking available for pre-order. Now, Obviously, you can tell I'm very proud and I'm very excited. That's the proud husband in me. But one of the things you guys probably don't know about our relationship is that I am objective to a fault, definitely to a fault, meaning a lot of times she'll ask me how something is and she just wants encouragement or she just wants to say, hey, babe, here, hey, babe, you're on the right track, you know, keep going. Except I'm so objective, I don't have that gene where I can say something's good if it's not. And it causes all sorts of problems for us sometimes. But here's where you benefit because of that. Objectively speaking, this is a life-changing book on tribe. I mean, you hear us talk about it all the time for years that your tribe will determine your outcome, your tribe will determine your success, your tribe will determine your mindset. Except there's so many moving parts to assembling the right tribe. There's so many moving parts to getting the right people into your tribe. There are so many hurdles when it comes to finding those people who are just like you, but will also challenge you to be a better self. And that is what this book is all about. As told through hilarious stories that you have never heard before about Lori, she lays out the new rules of tribe, how to create tribe, how to find tribe, and how to absolutely thrive with the right tribe. It's even an instructional book on how and what to say when you are inviting people into your tribe and how to keep those relationships going. You're going to absolutely love it. It's geared towards women, but everybody will benefit. And what most people are doing is they're buying three copies because there's actually an instructional workbook inside of it where she teaches you how to create your own mini masterminds. Masterminds like she's been a part of with two other women in her life for years now that have made such a difference. So buy one for yourself, two or three for others. Start your perfect tribe. You can get the book on pre-order at lauriharder.com forward slash Amazon. That is L-O-R-I-H-A-R-D-E-R.com forward slash Amazon. lauriharder.com forward slash Amazon pre-order your book, pre-order a couple for those who you want to invite into your tribe. It is an absolute game changer, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys think about it. All right, now on to this great story about a Ferrari, a landscaper, and a scratch. You know, I wanted to tell you guys this story, as, as I often do when things come up in my life. Well, this is a story that happened to me recently. Matter of fact, it happened this past week. I was getting my haircut like I do every two weeks and I had my car parked and I had my Ferrari with me where I always park. It's this small, you know, parking attendant controlled lot. Matter of fact, if you live in LA, you know exactly what these lots are like. And by the way, the only reason I mentioned the type of car, a Ferrari, is strictly for the purpose of its significance in this story. So I'm getting my haircut and I come out 
And the parking lot attendant looks at me and he says, sir, I am so sorry. I have some bad news for you. And right away, I was like, oh, I know. It's like someone hit my car or something. And he says, somebody backed up into your car. Now, my first reaction was like, right, as anybody's would be. But then I quickly caught it and reframed it and had gratitude that the parking attendant was, of course, telling me about it. As a matter of fact, the parking attendant went above and beyond. He stopped the guy when he saw it happen. And he got his name, his phone number, like email, like contact info, a description and license plate. This parking lot attendant was awesome. So total props to him for getting all that information. So I was driving home and, you know, my car is like scratched up a little bit on the corner. And it's my first like any kind of dent and scratch into this car that to me is, you know, like a, this symbol of enjoyment for all the hard work that we put in. And as I was driving home, my struggle, this question that I'm about to ask you, started right away from the first minute I got into the car. And I've sat on this question. I've sat on this struggle for a couple of days. And that is the question of who should pay for this? Like, I've got the guy's information, and the default answer in most people's world is, well, of course, this guy would pay for it. And it's one of those situations where it's not quite big enough where you'd claim it through insurance, but it's also obvious enough where I have to get it fixed, especially on a new flawless Ferrari. And what's worse is you never want to lay paint on these things because it crushes the value of them, the resale value. Now, I've had this kind of work done often on other high-end cars. And so I can tell you right now, even without getting the quote, it's going to be about two to $3,000 when all is said and done. So who should pay for this? You might say, well, duh, he's got to pay for it. You know, he's the one that crashed into it. He's the one that was irresponsible. He's the one that, you know, caused the accident. It's his responsibility. He's got to pay for this. And by the way, you've got all of his information, Chris. So why wouldn't you make him pay for it? But it's not always that easy. You see, he's a landscaper and he's one of these hardworking landscapers that we see all around LA. And I'm not talking one of these sexy, amazing, painted up truck, incredible, you know, killing it, huge team landscapers. We're talking like one guy and a little truck. Now, I see these landscapers all around LA. They're great guys. They're kind. And quite honestly, they will outwork you and me on any given day. You know, they're working here in the US for tiny wages, hardly making ends meet. And they're sending a lot of their money home to their families in other Latin countries where the family really needs the money. And when I got on the phone with this guy, he really struggled to speak English. Furthermore, making it very likely that his story is a lot like the stories of these other landscapers I've gotten to know. On top of that, I asked the parking lot attendant, well, what kind of car was he driving when he hit mine? And his response was, it was an old, kind of broken down landscaping pickup. So I called the guy and I explained who I was. He was very kind. He seemed very eager to help and to make it right. He was very apologetic. Matter of fact, almost distraught as far as I could tell. And he said he would like to pay for it in cash. And then he asked me how much it was going to cost. And I said, well, I, I haven't gotten an estimate yet, but I'm sure two to $3,000. I've had this kind of repair done before quite often, actually, it's going to be two to 3000. And he sighed. And then he said, 
I could never afford that, so I'm going to send it through my insurance instead. And he proceeded to give me his insurance company name and the policy number and all of that. Now, you and I both know what happens here if he makes a claim on a Ferrari repair. He'll have a $500 to $1,000 deductible that he has to pay, and his monthly payment is going to shoot up, creating further struggle for him and his family and just setting him backwards that much more. So I ask you again, who should pay? Well, I've decided that I should. Was the accident my fault? Hell no. I was just parked there. Matter of fact, I wasn't even around when it happened. He should learn how to drive. But I decided that I'm the one that should pay because I can. And because I can so much easier than he can. Now, here's where a lot of people probably still have a lot of work to do. I bet half of you are hearing this and thinking, but it's his fault. Or he's got to learn. Or maybe he'll be more careful next time. Or even worse thoughts. Listen, I've had these thoughts before. It wasn't until I like dove into the world of self-development and went really deep that you know, I was able to quickly kick any of these kind of thoughts out of my mind and reframe them. So I share this with you. This is where you start retraining your mind into having an attitude of abundance. An attitude of abundance. Too many people are chasing pennies instead of using that time and that energy to create dollars. Too many people are chasing pennies instead of using that time to create dollars. And this would be a perfect example of that. Like, I would have to spend my time on the phone with him again. I'd have to spend time on the phone once or twice with his insurance company, probably sitting on hold forever. I'd have to spend time first getting an estimate, then submitting it, emailing it, then waiting around for the approval from his insurance company to get it fixed, all while spending days or very likely weeks just wanting the damn thing fixed. That's wasted time and wasted energy, guys. That's spending a couple of weeks of tapping into bad energy every single time I have to deal with this or walk by that small scratch and dent. That bad energy or or that little bit of anger that might come up then pulls me out of my positive income-producing swagger that I've got for that day, right? So it's costing me money. It's more valuable to me to just call up the shop and say, come get my car and fix it, please. So how much time and energy are you wasting? How much time and energy are you costing yourself chasing pennies when you could be creating dollars? You know, another reason I should pay for this is because just like I said earlier, I can and I can do so so much easier than he can. And if I'm being frank, I'm driving a car that I spent 10 years worth of his income on. Let that sink in. My one car is worth very likely 10 years of his salary, 10 years of his hard work. So the sheer fact that I would even think of asking him to pay a couple of grand instead of me would be asking for a karmic kick in the balls. It's not right. Sometimes we need to do what's right instead of what's righteous. He doesn't need to learn a lesson. His whole life is a lesson, just like yours and just like mine is. Our whole lives are lessons. He already hit the car. He already felt bad. 
No one needs to teach him a lesson. I look at this decision as just another form of philanthropy, helping somebody out who needs it more than I do. Philanthropy can come in so many different forms, you guys, and this is just one form. Matter of fact, if you keep your eyes peeled open for any little acts of philanthropy that you can do, you're going to see them left and right. And this is just one more example. You know, having an attitude of abundance and a DNA of generosity is my own personal constitution. And in my opinion, it should be everyone's. Too many people waste thousands of dollars in time and energy chasing down the wrong stuff. And they'd be so much further ahead if they'd make more decisions like this. And listen, I get it. I want to address the elephant in the room. And that is, I know a lot of you are going to hear this story and say, well, it's easy for you to make a decision like this. I would too if I had your kind of money. This is not about me making some kind of righteous decision. This is about me making the right decision. And so I leave you with this example. I leave you with this probably the most valuable lesson of this entire chat. And that is, I am in this position because I've always made decisions like this, even when I couldn't make them as easily. Let me repeat that. I am in this position because I've always made decisions like this, even when I couldn't do so as easily. It's these such decisions that when made in a consistent pattern will bring you wealth beyond your wildest dreams. And when it does, well, hey, you know, we say it every week. When good people like you make good money, they do great things. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.